evening, guys, and welcome to the Bad Decision, Good Intention podcast. So as you guys might have been aware, this episode is going to be a little bit different. We are coming on here to do a bit of a different thing. So we'll start off by first introducing ourselves. It's me, your girl, Marnizi, as you already know. Hey, hey everybody. It's Art, Art Tay-Tay to the team. Today, we are sharing this stage with some talented individuals, and we'll, be able, we'll allow them to introduce themselves here in a moment. We'd like to just start off just by recognizing our brand partnerships with Chill Nine Clothing, as well as Boss Vanity. Chill Nine Clothing, you can check out their sweatshirts, t-shirts, beanies, et cetera, on Instagram at Chill Nine Clothing or their website, shopchill9.com. We also have Boss Vanity. They have nice, very luxury, and also chill. It's all seasonal sunglasses. Boss Vanity, their website is bozvanity.com. And without further more, let's go ahead and get into our guests and allow them to introduce themselves. Okay. Hey, guys. My name is Shamia, also known as Mia, though, um, for short, because I know a lot of people are confused. I'm Boss Vanity. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Portsville, Maryland. Yeah. I'm basically a CEO, a mother, a daughter. Uh, okay. We love to see it. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Come on. Yes, most definitely. Ladria. I'm from Chicago. I ain't going to disclose my age like that up on here. work with people with mental disabilities, and I also own a cleaning business. And I am getting started with trying to start a not-for-profit organization in my city, Chicago, just to help a lot of lost people. And I'm getting started with that. Amazing. All right. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's really cool that you get to do that. My name is Paige. You can call me OGPP. I'm from the mm-hmm. land, Cleveland, Ohio, till I die. You already know. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the Air Force right now because it's the best branch. And um, I'm 19, almost 20, so it's giving very much grown woman vibes. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Welcome to the same <laughs> page. Indeed. <laughs> very much so. Very much so. I am Rashonda. I'm the owner of Pieces of Candace LLC, where we aim to empower women through jewelry. So we sell a number of things. All of them are pretty much, you know, signature jewelry, pot pieces. And then we also sell custom waist beads as well. We have a couple of projects coming up, but just some things that we have done is we've done women empowerment shoots in Chicago and in Minneapolis, Minnesota, completely free for ladies. They get their proofs back. You know, it's all edited. The pictures, everything is free for them to do. And I also just won an award for my business, a startup business of the year with the Black Business Ball. Yes, love to hear it. Yes, yes. that's amazing. Yes, yes, it is. This is Mimi. I'm all things interior. I do interior design. I also do property management. I'm based out of Chicago for now, but I'm moving to Houston, Texas. So yes. I have been relocating myself, networking to move there. Yeah, that's pretty much me. <laughs> well, welcome all of you beautiful women to, to the podcast. Thank you all for your time as well. And hello, everybody. My name is Regine. You can call me Ray for short. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I'm 25 and I'm currently a software admin intern. And going to school for computer science. Yeah. Okay, come on, Black Excellence. Yes, Ray. Hey, Ray. Yes, this is amazing. 
So as I stated, this is our all-women's panel, just again to give you a different insight of the woman's view on the world. With that being stated, we're going to start off with Ms. Mary Jenkins, who's going to be our host for our Who Am I segment. Ms. Mary Jenkins, if you would please take the floor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And hello, everyone. I am so glad to meet all of you. Um, those of you that shared who you are, I feel that you are phenomenal women in your own right. And I am honored to be literally on this podcast with you. Just the title of it, Bad Decisions, Good Intentions, is amazing in itself. And I say that because oftentimes we as women in general, but Black women especially, we make bad decisions but have good intentions. And that is actually part of my life story of having... You know, I had all the good intentions in the world, but things happen. And so just a little about me. I am 53 years old. I am a two-time breast cancer survivor. I am a veteran. I'm also an author. I'm also a life coach and a business coach. Been doing a whole lot of things. And just so you understand my story, when I was 17 years old, I made a bad decision. I decided I wanted to be out there and act grown had some grown folk relations, and ended up getting pregnant, having my first child when I was 18. And then didn't learn, so I had some more grown folk relations and got pregnant again. But this time, I really didn't know who I was pregnant by. I didn't know the person. It was only one person. I ended up marrying him at the age of 19, and he ended up dying in the Army, part of Special Forces. So at the age of 19, I was a mother of one, pregnant and widowed. I had been married for two months and 29 days. Little did I know that that was going to start a journey of my life where I was going to make decisions. And I truly had great intentions, but they were not exactly the best decisions that I could have made. So we scroll forward because part of the reason that I'm is to talk about my cancer journey. In 2006, I was diagnosed with stage three, almost stage four breast cancer. And people are like, oh man, that's, I'm so sorry. Well, I can say today that being diagnosed with cancer is one of the best things that's ever happened to me since my salvation. I can say that today in the moment I was going to cuss you out because I thought like, I'm about to lose my breasts. You know, my girls, they had been with me all my life and now here I am battling cancer. And so let me ask you guys this question. Do any of you know someone personally that has battled cancer? Yes, okay. I do. Yes. I do. Yes, I do. All right. I, I do, do not. Really? Oh. Yes, honestly, I, I I personally do not know anybody who's battled with cancer. Fortunately, let me tell you. Before I got diagnosed with cancer, I didn't know anybody. Well, I didn't think I knew anybody. What it is is, as black women, I'm sure you've heard what happens in the house stays in the house. You don't put your business mm-hmm. out there. Yes, and ma'am. So, People weren't talking about it because honestly, I didn't even know black women got breast cancer because all I saw was the pink ribbons all over the place. And every time there was a commercial, it was somebody that was Caucasian. And I'm like, okay, so they get it. I don't. But then I get diagnosed and I'm like, how that happen? Because I'm like, I'm all the way black. I mean, my my mother was mixed. My father is black. But still, I didn't see anybody that looked like me. And here I was diagnosed with stage three, almost stage four breast cancer. So it wasn't like, you know, something stage one or stage two where they're like, oh, you can take a pill or, oh, you can have a surgery and save your breast. No, they were talking about cutting my right breast off. 
And I was like, wow. I like my titties. I mean, and I'll be real. With okay, you. especially when they're right. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me like, put they it. were perfect for you. They were. Okay. I mean, because I, 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 I was a I was a 42 double D and I walked like I had them <laughs> okay. and I was proud of them. And you know, and I was out there because I will say, let me put this disclaimer out there. So I am a preacher. I've been a preacher for 30 years, but I'm a real preacher. I'm not gonna candy coat it because don't nobody have time for all that. People want to know the real. And so for me, when they started talking about cutting my breast off, I was like, I like my girl. And, you know, and I started praying about it. And then I, then I had a mind shift and I was like, well, okay now, now, cause I'm single. My husband died. I never, I hadn't gotten remarried. And I started thinking, well, if they cut my breast off, that means I'm going to have a flat space. So whatever man I end up with, I can put some cheese and crackers right there and he can go to work. (laughs) (laughs) And that was real. And people thought I was crazy. They were like, what, what preacher? And I'm like, I'm real. Saved all my life. And I'm not going to act like it. And I'm not going to act like I walk with Jesus 24 hours a day because I don't. So it was, it was a real thing. So I go through the process and they told me I was going to have to do chemo. And I was like, for real, because I had went years without cutting my hair. So I like had long hair that was like authentically mine. I wasn't buying it. I worked hard to keep it healthy. And here I was going to go through chemo and lose all my hair. I went out. I spent $400 on two wigs, getting them custom made because I was, you know, I was like, I can't be seen bald headed. You know, when you think about it, nobody wants to be seen bald headed. And for me, I hadn't been delivered from vanity. And I was like, I'm too cute to be bald headed. So yes, that was my I, real issues. No, but honest. yes, that's so honest. Very right? honest. We have a real conversation. So I went out yes. and I got these wigs made and, you know, they look crazy on me. But you couldn't tell me anything until one day I ended up on TV bald headed. And when I ended up on TV bald headed, people started calling like, girl, I saw somebody look just like you, but they ain't had no hair. And I was like, yeah, that's me. I've been diagnosed with cancer. And they was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, it's okay, because I will live and not die and declare the works. Greater is he that's in me. So I relied on all my Jesusness. And I'm like, me and God going to walk this out. Yes. And then some, somebody had the nerve to show me how to do my, my, my eyebrows and my makeup. Why they did that. Because now <laughs> I was bald-headed. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Okay, right. I'm like, I am your girl. People was like, oh, you look so pretty. You, you know, you look pretty for somebody that's battling cancer. I said, I know, child, I know. (laughs) (laughs) What you say, what you say. So answered your prayers. Yes. When he answered prayers, I didn't realize I was praying because I was like, I was talking real to God. Like, okay, now look, God, now. I ain't out there having sex, not married. And how am I going to end up being the one that gets his cancer? And then it's so much. And then the doc, because the doctors told me I'd be lucky if I survived five years. Wow. And I'm like, hold on. Cause I got kids, you know, by then I had a third child. So I had three boys and, you know, and the way that I found the breast cancer was my son. I was wrestling with my son and he elbowed me in the chest. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was, you know, he was young and you know, he, you know how boys try to raise up to their mamas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he, he tried to raise up to me, and I was like, "Do you know that I will take you out?" He was like, "Bring it in," and we were—I mean, we were playing, 
But he As was you like, should. and I was like, okay. <laughs> and then when he elbowed me in the chest, I went into actress mode, and I was like, oh, you don't hurt me. And I had all the tears. I was able to cry on. on I was, I was not knowing that it was really getting ready to set me up because mm-hmm. when I went to the doc, because it hurt. I mean, it hurt like it hurt like you know it hurt. And so I went to the emergency room, and they're like, we we think we see something, but we're not sure. So we're going to go ahead and have you have a mammogram. And I was 38 years old. So I got a question for you. To those of you that know anything about breast cancer, do you know what age they tell you you should start um, having a mammogram done? In your 20, 25? No. 25. 25. Your 30s are 40s. They say at age 40. Oh, okay. That's too yeah. late sometimes. Right. Exactly. And so for me, I was 38 years old. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm two years. I still got two years to go before I go and have to go get my, my titty squished. Cause that's what we used to say. Yeah. Right. Like, no. <laughs> right, 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 right. And it was like, the, it hurt so much. And, but I'm here to tell you, I promise you, them little 10 seconds that they take to squish your titty in between the little machine things is nothing compared to getting your breast cut off when you mm. think about it. Yeah. True. You know, it's, it's like, go, go do it complain about it then go get you some meat get you a drink glass of wine <laughs> glossier do whatever you'll be all right <laughs> so i went had this mammogram done you know they were like we see something we want to do a, want to do a sonogram so they measured it and it was almost five centimeters and they were oh, like wow. you know you, you this this is going to be something and when it came back that it was stage three almost stage four they're like we need to do surgery right away so I was diagnosed January the I was I took my mammogram January the 10th. I had the actual results on January the 13th, which was Friday the 13th. And I was like, really? Really Friday the 13th? You're gonna come at me like that? So I just every I looked for signs and I was like, I'm about to fight this for real. And so they wanted to cut my breast off February 2nd. And I was like, no, 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 we not. <laughs> we're going to try to do something else. And that's when I started a chemo. And then I ended up having my hair fall, all my hair fell out. But this is what really changed my life. While I was going through chemo, I got laid off work. So I had a full-time job, single parent, taking care of three kids. I got diagnosed with high-grade cancer and my employer let me go so that I could focus on recovery. Because my employer was tired of seeing me throwing up in the bathroom. A couple of times they found me curled up you know, in the fetal position in the bathroom on the floor. And they were like, Mm. Mary, you need to take care of you. So we're going to go ahead and let you go. Uh, I thought that was okay. Cause I was like, now I ain't got to get up. Ooh, I didn't like getting up six o'clock in the morning. No way. And I had to drive all the way across town. Now I can go ahead and sleep in. That was my mindset until the end of the month came and I still had Mm. bills to pay. Mm. And that's when it became real for me. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) now I'm off work. I got to find something to do. And I, you know, the pink ribbons everywhere. And I'm like, I'm going to contact the Coleman Foundation. They do breasts, they know, breast, breast cancer, breast cancer, everything. I should be able to get help. And I went to them and found out that they don't use their money to help people who have cancer, that they fund mm. research, they fund treatment, they fund awareness, but they was not going to use any of their money to help with my rent or my electric or my gas, or my water, or my car note, or my, I can go on and on with the bills that I had. They referred me to the American Cancer Society. So let me ask a question before that. Did you guys know 
that the Cohen Foundation does not use its money to help people pay their bills while they're going through treatment? No, it did not. No, no. 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 I didn't, I but I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. But look, well, yes, I'm not surprised. Yes, definitely not. Yeah. Right. And but think about it. How many times, you know, in the month of October, you know, we just came out of October Breast Cancer Awareness Month. All that money that was raised. Right. Goes to help people that actually have cancer. That's, that's crazy. sad. Right. And that's, you know, I was like, OK, so they the Coleman Foundation sent me to the American Cancer Society. And I'm like, OK, let me let me ask them for help. I found out that they don't do it. And I was like, you'd American Cancer Society. And then they sent me to the organization called Live Strong. Remember at one time, everybody had the bright yellow wristbands from Nike for Lance, mm-hmm. Lance Armstrong. Nice, right? yes. Yep. Every time you turn around, you see seeing stuff. None of the money actually goes to help people that have cancer. It goes to fund research, treatment, and awareness. And I was like, so what am I supposed to do? Because if I didn't pay my rent, I was going to get evicted. And mm-hmm. so I applied for welfare. I got turned down for welfare. They said I hadn't been unemployed enough. I know. Say that again. <laughs> no. <laughs> Seriously. I got, they said, no, they denied me benefits. And I was like, you got to be kidding. So I said, all right, rather than, cause I was at a point where I was ready to cuss everybody out. And I was like, now I'm still trying to be in ministry, but I'm about to cuss everybody out. And so I called my pastor and I was like, can I come talk to God in the sanctuary? Because I need to talk to him on his on his turf. And they said, yes, I went to the church and I had a heated conversation with the Lord in the sanctuary. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I didn't care who heard me. And my pastor Mm -hmm. and the whole leadership staff was like, what is she screaming about? And so when they asked me what was going on and I explained to them that I was facing getting evicted because I couldn't find anybody to help me pay the bills. The church was like, how about we let you focus on recovery, care of your bills for you for the rest of the time. Yeah, I'm about to cry. Yes. Right. That's amazing. So That's amazing. When I say it was, uh, it was so good, I, I mean, I started crying. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, that, you know how we do. I was, I was doing the ugly cry. And my pastor was like, it's okay, Mary. It's okay. And then I was like, but what about all the other people battling breast cancer that need help? Who's going to help them? And he's like, well, we don't know them. We know you. And I was Mm. like, well, somebody's got to do something to help them. Somebody, pastor. And he said, you're right, Mary. Somebody has to do something, Mary. Mm -hmm. Mary. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, Mm -hmm. by then I got all my faculties back. Like, you know, you stop crying all of a sudden. I was yeah. like, whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> I know you not talking about me. And he was like, no, yes, why not you? And he's like, you ain't shy. You ain't nowhere bit of shy. And I was like, whatever, whatever. And so I said, I'll, I'll go. I'm going to tell people. I'm like, all right, I'm a baby child. God knew I needed to be a baby child so that I could tell. And I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell people where money goes and where money doesn't go. Go, and I'm gonna make sure the whole world knows that the money that they raise in for cancer research isn't helping nobody. That was 15 years ago. And so 15 years ago, I started this nonprofit to answer a need because I couldn't find the help that I needed. I was like, I know somebody else needs this help. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna create it. And our mission at that time was providing the financial assistance to breast cancer patients. Because that's what I knew. I was like, breast cancer patients, they take a time off work, you know, for treatment and surgeries and recovery and all that. So they need help paying the bills. 
But what I didn't realize, we got a referral of a woman that needed $150. Say $150. Want y'all to say that. $150. See, I'm taking you about I'm about to take you to church. Like they say, turn to your neighbor and say $150. <laughs> $150. <laughs> <laughs> $150. Yes. So this lady came to my nonprofit and she needed $150 or her car was going to get repossessed. And I was like, oh, that's not a problem. Girl, we got we got you. What type of breast cancer do you have? And she said she didn't have breast cancer. She had cervical oh. cancer. And oh. I was like, oh, you got the wrong type of cancer. We can't help you. And in that moment, I was like, did I just tell you you got the wrong type of cancer? Yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, she was like, it's okay. Everybody does stuff for breast cancer patients. It's okay. I'll find something. No, 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 no. I'm the right one. Not on Mary Watch. Not on, exactly. Come on now. Come again. I said, I never want to tell someone. I never wanted to tell someone ever again in life that they got the wrong type of cancer. So I mm. called my board members and was like, look, this is what happened. This is what I want. Let's do it. They all agreed because they knew either agree with me or I'd put them off my board. Oh, um, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So they agreed. We changed the mission to include all cancers. So that meant I was able to write her a little check for $150. So she get her car. Her car was fine. But then when the weeks following, people started coming from Cincinnati because I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. Yes, sir. So <laughs> it's like they started coming from Cincinnati and Cleveland and Toledo. And I was like, okay, well, I can't say Columbus, Ohio, so we get to figure out how to help you in your city. But then they started coming from Georgia and Texas and California and New York. And I was like, hold up now. I can't say you have to be from Ohio. So I got to figure out how to help y'all in y'all states. <laughs> and then by the time we were one years old, we got a referral from Collinwood, Ontario, Canada. And I was like, shut your mouth up. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ma'am. International. How did, we be- how did we become international? And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on now. Y'all know, y'all know I, this was not part of my plan. And so for <laughs> the last 15 years now, we've provided support to people in all 50 states and have contact yes. organizations in 25 countries. Oh, oh that's beautiful. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It might not have been your plan. Your plan. something that I wanted to do. I had no plans. All I knew was I had been diagnosed. I couldn't find the help that I needed. They was going to cut off the cable and my boys weren't going to be able to watch TV. And that was going to be a problem. (laughs) And I needed help. I I had no idea though. And then it's like, that's how it always happens too. Like it always starts with you know, you're just trying to solve your own problem. Right. And God says, you know what? Yeah. I got it. I got an assignment for you. He got the, he got the book ready for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. I was like, now this was not supposed to be the case. And then 
Next thing you know, I'm on stages in front of rooms that have 60,000 yes, people and, you know, 100,000 people. And I'm like, how does this happen? And, you know, people are like, you know, you're really important. And I'm like, no, yes. man, you know, God's important. I'm just the vessel that he chose to use. And I'm not the only one because I know everybody's got a story. I know everybody's got a story because for me and when, you know, when I get invited, you know, to really share in the magnitude of my story, I'd go all the way back to when I was raped at 13 because there's somebody out there that needs to hear that. Yes. Okay. Although you've been raped, you can still make it. Um, yes, you know, you and then, you know, for me, you know, look, I was in a, into all kind of stuff. I was drinking, I was smoking, I was sexing. I didn't care what race you was. I didn't care how many you was. I was doing it all. I did not care. But God knew that he was like, let me go ahead and let her get all that out of her system because I'm going to use it mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. on. Because there's somebody that's going to need to know. I done been homeless. I done had car repossessed. I done did it all. I done had it all. I done had it, I done had it all. And it's like, wow. And so for me to be able on on this podcast with bad decisions, good intentions. Oh, I had all the good intentions in the world. I wanted to have fun because I spoiled. I spoiled myself. And, you know, like I already said, I hadn't been delivered from vanity. Thank you, Jesus. But we're working on it. And so as we just go forward, it's like, man, how many of us have had experiences, you know, relationships experience, you know, and for me, like I said, I'm a preacher and there's a scripture in revelation that, um, it's revelation 12, 11 that says we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people that have amazing testimonies that could probably bring a whole house down, but they're afraid to tell it because of, you know, what they think somebody might say. And it's like, you know, they don't even get it. Like all the stuff that we deal with, every single thing is to teach a lesson, not just for us, but for okay. somebody else. So, you know, think about the stuff that y'all been through. I mean, have you, have any of you been through something that was just way over the top that you ain't even know how you made it through, but you can look back and be like, I, I know there, there was a higher power that was working with me. Yes, yes ma'am. I most definitely. It had to have been. I don't know how to make, gonna make it out. Say that again. But look, I think that was Andrea. I didn't hear what you I, said. Oh, I'm sorry. I said just didn't know how I was gonna make it out. Right. Yeah. And it, and the crazy thing is, when we're in the middle of the situations, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> and we're like, okay, well, I don't know, but I'm gonna trust. I don't even. And it know. feels like the worst of the worst too when you're in it. Yeah. You know you sometimes know you can't even trust why you in it like I can't yeah, trust yeah. what's going on like how is this working exactly and actually mm-hmm. for me when I was going through I relied heavily on scripture because I was like if I don't I'm a cuss for like for real I was like I'm gonna cut somebody out I'm gonna run somebody off the road you know I just I didn't because my whole life was literally laid in front of me and then like I said the doctor said I'd be lucky if I lived five years and I was seeing other people getting diagnosed with the same type of cancer and they were dying, but I was still here. And it was like, okay, I have to rely on the scripture. And that's when God gave me that revelation 12, 11. And then I ended up writing out scriptures and writing, you know, not knowing that they would end up becoming my book. And so I have a book that's called destined to overcome. 
because we all are destined to overcome. Revelation 12, 11, we overcome blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So we have to share it. But most people don't get to that point and they end up, you know, never telling the story, never writing the book, never starting the business, never doing the coaching, never doing the counseling, never starting the nonprofit. LaDrea, I'm just saying, because you want to help people. But it's like, there are people that don't do it because they don't see that. And so I wrote this book called Destined to Overcome. And the subtitle of it is Daily Declarations to Win at Life. And it's, it's a scripture every day just to empower. And then there's commentary and a call to action. And it's a 30-day book. And in 30 days, a person goes from wherever they're at in their walk with God, whatever their faith life is. And I don't even care if they, they want to believe in somebody else. I don't even care. It's a matter of where do they see their life at? And within 30-day period, they go from wherever they're at to believing and being empowered because they are destined to overcome. And when you guys introduced yourselves, you know, I was listening to you and I was like, I wonder what each of their story is, what their real story is, not the professional story, but their behind the scenes story, the story that make you give the ugly cry. Yeah, see, see, I'm with my business being a women empowerment brand. I do share those stories because I remember when I was going through it, I was like, for sure, nobody else is going through this. <laughs> There's no way. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way nobody else is going through this. So I do share my testimony about what I'm going to, how I overcame it, because I want them to be empowered and to see that if I can do it, you can do it too. Right. I love it. That what that is I love it because I actually I went on your site and I saw some of your jewelry and I was like you know I I just got to get all new jewelry so that I'm shopping because I did look <laughs> yes ma'am and, yes, definitely. And, and sunglasses I, I went there too so boss <laughs> baby I went there too and then I was mad because I pay, usually paid two three hundred dollars for my sunglasses Ooh. I'm, I'm mad now I just want you to know Ooh, I'm, I'm about to shop. <laughs> I'm mad for you, Mrs. Jenkins. <laughs> Mrs. Jenkins, we're gonna get you together. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, mean to tell me, I I can buy ten pairs of sunglasses for what I'd be paying for one. I'm like, okay, yes, you so, I mean, and they're custom, and I try to support people that I know that have businesses, and you know, I believe in that. And because if we won't, if we don't work together, right. you know, what's right. gonna really happen? And, you know, you could say, if we don't work together as women, what's going to happen? If we don't work together as black women, what's going to happen? Yes. And that's the thing, you know, and then, you know, we have to get to hold each other accountable because sometimes women, and it's not my feeling about it, is 100% fact. Black women get diagnosed with cancer less often, but we die more often wow. do you have any idea why no ma'am I, because of I the lack of that. our the new oh sorry i was gonna say the lack of knowledge of our african-american culture um that's and a, then also a good the, answer the the testing like someone else was just saying they wait later to get it so it's a lot more progressive that's it and really what it is is we women we as women we'll feel something and then we'll say, oh, that's probably just I'm getting ready to start my cycle. So my lymph node is swollen. Mm-hmm. And then don't go to the doctor until later and then find out that it's high stage cancer. Or, yeah, or we'll try to self-medicate. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'll find a 
You know what I'm saying? Or, or when my grandmother used to say, just drink some water and lay down. Yes, <laughs> yes. It was the ginger ale and Sprite for me. Ginger ale. <laughs> yeah, that's ginger ale and Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> right, but you think about it, it's like, but those things, those behaviors as women set us up to have all kinds of stuff. Like, for me, like, you know, I, I actually, there's a young lady that I just started mentoring yesterday uh, because she's 32 years old and told me she hasn't had a cycle this year. And I'm hmm. like, what you mean? You 32 years old and you haven't had a cycle this year, as in we in November, as in 11 months, you haven't had a cycle and you're not pregnant and you don't think something's wrong with that. And she was like, well, I just figured. You know, it's because I moved here from out of town and just the stress. I was like, no, that mentality right there will get you having uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, fallopian Mm -hmm. tube cancer, endometrial cancer. And she was like, really? I was like, oh, my God. Why? Why? If I could have relocated cities a long time ago to eliminate a period, I would have done it. It didn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I was like, did you hear yourself what you said? And then she started thinking and she's like, well, maybe something's wrong. So she's going next week, you know, to get an exam because there's something wrong. You don't go a whole year and you in your early 30s. Yeah. It, it just doesn't happen that way. I'm just so glad that yeah. you're mentoring her. Like, I feel like right. in the black community, like we need to be having these conversations, like on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm I'm hitting I'm hitting 30, 40. Have you have you went in for your exam? And you know what I'm saying? Like, it needs to be a, a level of transparency um, amongst women about women issues. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, well, unfortunately. Definitely. You know, for some, and I find that in, in in the world of cancer, I find that a lot, you know, everybody's trying to monetize it. You, you know, mm. I'll talk I'll talk to you, but I charge $99 an hour. I'm like, come on. Everything does not have to cost money. Not, I mean, I get it, but you got to be moved by a bigger purpose. You know, to actually be human, to actually care. If somebody, you know, for her to tell me that, and then I said, well, you know, I, I, I am a life coach. I'm a certified mm-hmm. emotional intelligence trainer. You know, I charge $1,000 a month. <laughs> and, and don't tell her what I know. Because 11 months without having a cycle, that's a problem. Yeah, I, that's it, a long time. Right. And so and when we talk about coming together, and it's not cancer. It's about starting businesses. It's about having confidence. It's about, you know, loving yourself. It's about mm-hmm. relationships. You know, how to understand if brother is putting his hands on you. Yes. That's a problem. Right. I mean, and, yeah, and but we as women, you know, we want oftentimes women don't, they're embarrassed to say it. They're embarrassed right. to say that, you know, when I got home last night, I didn't fix the right dinner and he, he whooped my tail. What? I don't understand right. that because I'm a kid. Ooh, Lord. Hello. <laughs> Come on, Miss Jesus. Wake it up. Well, that's going to be the last dinner you have. Uh, I'll, I'll run him a nice bath. I'll run him a nice bath. I'm going to make him some breakfast. The grits. The grit ball. The grits. Oh, what you say. Not grit. See, I'm from, I lived in Savannah, Georgia before moving to Ohio. And I understand. 
And then, cause I'm just like, this is a crazy thing. When I lived in Savannah, there was this lady that her situation made the news because she was involved in a relationship with a man who shot her 15 times what? and did not hit any vital organs and she survived. So she went ahead, she healed, you know, he cried. She didn't press charges against them. She ain't do none of that. But man, when she did the hot grit treatment on his tail, she yeah. got all kinds of even. Yeah. All kinds. And I was like, oh man, but why did it even have to get to that? Right. Right. You know? But before there was the sh- before there was the shooting her 15 times, I'm sure there was something, there were many, many, many signs. That is before she, that point, right? If she had said something, so how many times? How many of times have we mentioned mm-hmm. that we didn't say anything because we didn't know who to talk to? Or sometimes it just stares from a lot of other things, like you know the, how you were brought up, like a lot of like a lot of other mental things you're already mentally destroyed from. Yeah, and when you like, true. and when you tie that into like trying to be in a relationship with somebody. It's detrimental. It is detrimental because you want something that this person is providing, even if they're giving you a tiny bit. So all the signs mean nothing to you. You know, they mean nothing. Right. Because like you, you like you're like not dealing with them. You know, you like really dead in the inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, so it's then that's a good point. Low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not understanding your person's self-worth. Mm-hmm. So then this will tie us into the um, our question segment, because our first question here is, do you believe that you can be in love with more than one person? Honestly, like just to start off, I feel like yes, but not at the same time. Like when you're in love with, pers- with a person, there's no way you can actually split that attention and say that unless it's on a different level, like I'm loving my husband differently than I'm loving my children or my mother type of, or my brother type of love. So yes, I can have love for multiple people, but be to be in love with somebody. I don't think that, no, like how people always say that there's multiple soulmates and things like that. Yes, I believe that, but there's also like that one true other half that you're supposed to be with. So that's my personal take on it. I'm along those lines as well. You know, I don't believe in the whole, oh, I love you thing. It's got, for me, it's got to be more than that. If I'm going to enter in a relationship with you, it's not just because I love you. I think you sexy. You got, you built none of that. It's going to be based off of purpose because we can be in love with the person one day and out the next day because of our emotions. And yes, so when ma'am. you have two people, it's like, are you, can you be in love with two people? You can love greatly two people, but you, at some point you got to decide wh- which one you're going to take a bullet for. Yes, I have to agree with both of you because yes. I think that you can be in love with, I, can, I think that you can love multiple people, but your loyalty won't be the same for somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and exactly. so... Yeah, I, I just, I think that I just got out of a situation like that where it's like, how do you love this person or that person at the same time? I just don't think it's possible because you're not giving them the same amount of treatment. So the way that you love is differently. 
Exactly. And then on top of the fact that you also do have to find that love for yourself to even know what the love is that you're supposed to be having. When you love multiple people, it sounds like you're confused, you know, like you don't really know where home is, where your comfort yes. is, mm-hmm. right, right. who you are as yes. a person. So, yes. yeah, and we don't leave the street light on. your love lang- your self-love language reflects in your relationships so if you love more than yes. one person yes. you're in love with more than one person that is a direct reflection of your self-love journey mm. exactly right right <clears throat> come on y'all right. what about right. Right. talking about love the kind of love you yeah. know Talking about, about do we know what our love? Do we know what our love language is? Do we know what our love language is? Yes. yes um, for my myself, our um, words of affirmation and then um, acts of service are mine. That's mine too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how many don't know it? That I don't know mine. Right. So it's like if and getting an understanding of what the five love languages are and what they mean, because the, the when you understand what your love language is, then you can receive it the way, you know, you know, when you get you know, when you're receiving it. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. If yeah. your love language is quality time, but you're in a relationship with somebody that doesn't want to spend any time with you, you Ooh. are never going mm-hmm. to be, gonna be yes. empty. Yes. Always. Ooh. I'm gonna bust the praise dance out real Me quick. Too, and I also because I I'm not sure who that was who said they don't know their love languages, but like for me myself, I also did have to get into a relationship to figure out other things about myself as well. Because at first I was like, man, I don't really care if you're at work all the time, da, 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 you know, as long as I see you eventually. But then when you're actually again back in love with that person eventually could be once a once a week type of stuff that's not gonna work that does not fly for me you know yeah that's not Mm -hmm. and but then I'm also acts of service and words of affirmation so say it is that situation where I haven't seen you in a while you get off of work early in the morning when I'm asleep type of things but you make an effort to come by see me make sure I'm okay send me a text message type of thing like I'm like oh you're thinking of me being tired when you get off of work you know, like, so those are things that really just make your heart flood and make you really be want to be with those persons. Like, no. Yes. Can my love language be all five? Right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. They all won't work at the same time. They won't all work at the same time. But yes. Right. But not dominantly. Yeah. You can have more than one. Can I have three? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. You have, you have okay. all five. They just don't have as much weight. So you good. Exactly. I mean, I remember when I first learned about love languages and it helped me understand my kids. Because I had one mm. child that he just never seemed happy. But then when I found out that his love language was receiving gifts, I was like, oh, okay, okay, now I understand. And I didn't really understand the magnitude of it until, so this particular child moved to California and mm-hmm. um, it's my son, Joseph, he lives in LA and he had the chance to do an opening song for Adele. Wow. And so he called me and told me what was happening. And I called his friend and was like, listen, I need you to go to the store and get a bag of purple Skittles. And I want you to put a ribbon around it. And when he gets done singing, give it to him. And she did that. When he got done singing, he came off the stage and she gave it to him and he broke down because he knew it came from me. 
That's that mother's touch, right there. That's really. Nice. It was receiving gifts. In that That's moment, definitely. I I could have called him and be like, "Hey, I heard you sing. I'm so proud of you." That would not have been the same as his because right. his favorite skittle, his favorite candy was purple skittles. And I also feel like that's a big part of it as well, because like you said, receiving gifts, I'm sure people thought thinking cars, jewelry, money, monetary value. But right. love languages never have to be big, bold acts. They can mm-hmm. be little simple things. I remember that you like purple Skittles here. I right. got you a bag of mm-hmm. that, you know, so that's just more that so the thought of it. You. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's more what so your person. Mean? And that's how you learn yourself and the person that you're with as well. Like you yes. might be a physical touch person, but they're a gift giving type of person. Like you guys have to work with each other and understand that, that they're expressing their love to you differently than what you're wanting them to do. Right. And that's yeah. when we get to communicate. And if we don't know what ours is, you know, no, babe, you bring me stuff every day, but you spend no time with me. And, right. it and it's like, what are you talking about? Like in my whole life, my mom, that's what my dad did. That's what my mom did. You know, that's how I show you that I care for you. Right. But you're yeah. not speaking my language. You speak right. in a foreign language, you know, yeah. quality. So for, for Ray and Mimi, what are your thoughts? Do you feel like you could be in love with more than one person? Uh, I kind of don't think you can be in love with more than one person because it depends on the situation. I feel like if you're with one person, then being in love with them is making them happy, doing things that, you know, you know, make y'all keep going. Right. So if that person does not like you being around the people, because you do have people that's out here that's polyamorous. So they feel like they could share their time and they love or whatever. So if they feel like that works for them and that works for them. But some people cannot do that and they won't do that. So I feel like it's situational. Agreed. 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 I completely agree. All right. Thank you guys for that. So on to our next question. We're going to be, it's, <laughs> it seems that we're playing our favorite game, the favorite game, the men think we love 21 questions. So let's start <laughs> off with. A woman loses interest in a man the moment he does what? All right, you can go ahead and take it from here. Let's start with you. <laughs> so, you want three? Because, you know, I've been known to be very... So let us know. Let us know. Let <laughs> listeners know. So, I lose interest the moment that a man lets me know that he does not have a good relationship with his mother. Or if he has sisters, if it's a little shaky, I kind of question. I wouldn't say it goes all the way away, but they lose kind of a little bit of points. I lose interest when a man tells me he does not like his fruits or vegetables. <clears throat> man, what? <laughs> or he don't drink water. Yeah, I just, it's a turn off if somebody told me they can go a full day without showering. So, um, yeah, hygiene definitely has to be on point so those are the three top but i mean i can go deeper but yeah i'll just keep it surface no okay so those i mean those are realistic now let's give (laughs) give us some petty reasons why when you start to lose interest so i call it petty as you may but i love a man that can dress so if you can't coordinate some clothes um that makes me lose interest someone who cannot communicate well and that is over the phone or even by text i lose interest in you if you cannot communicate and then also if you have no goals if you don't have any goals you're not working towards anything you're kind of like stagnant complacent that kind of makes me lose interest in you as well 
But none of that was petty. None of that was petty. Like I'm still trying to figure out which one was petty. Well, <laughs> I, like, what she said, I'm like, that's me. So there's actually a gentleman, which I feel bad now that we have in this conversation because he tried to talk to me and he made the mistake. My number one pet peeve when people send text message and they say, like WYD instead of writing it out. Don't do that. That That, that, stuff like that, that and you know, because I was an English major. So I speak well. And I expect when you send me a text message, I want you to use the comma the way you're supposed to. Yes, right. I want you to send my colons to break some thoughts. I want you to do that. Out those things. And if you cannot, then I have a hard time reading your text. Me too. <laughs> it just makes them that much more sexier because you kind of live in these times where people are quick to just send a quick message, a DM, or they're shortening, making all these acronyms. And yes, I'm young, but still acronyms. I don't even know what half of them are most of the time. So <laughs> I, mean, okay. look them up. I have yes, to ask to... people, call yes. people, like, what's right. Like, who came together and, des- and decided this was going to be the acronym? Like, when did right. y'all right. Right. Why did you right. decide to send this to me? Do I ever send stuff like this to you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's a good it's, I don't know if it's just me, but right. I feel like what? when you send those acronyms, like, you're being short with me. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. It's like you don't. There's no in the thought time. into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You couldn't write yeah. it because GM can mean General Motors. Oh yes. Are you buying me a car or what? Okay. So then, for me personally, three like actual decent reasons of this. There's no effort, and I mean no effort between me and you. Like, if I say I don't like something and you say you're going to change it and you don't, I'm not going to know. I don't like that. No ambition to better yourself. And I'm saying not greatly, just at some point, there has to be some form of progression. Like, we can't not be stagnant all of the time. You can't be perfect in where you are right now. I can't do that. So we always got to be looking for expansion in some form and if you act like you're uneducated i do oh no <laughs> same thing with the grammar like if i bring you to my father and you Ooh. start speaking and you in there crazy what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh jesus please just get out of my house that there is real a few years ago a gentleman was trying to talk to me and my father walked up. My father looked at me and he turned around and walked away. And I knew, I knew I was in trouble when I got home. And I'm like, yeah. I, am, I was in my 40s, you know, my late 40s, <laughs> about to turn 50. And, my, and I was like, my dad is going to get me. I know it. And when I got home, my dad said, I'm telling you one time, he's not the one. <laughs> and that's it. Yep. Yes, sir. And that was the end. Of it. He was not impressed because they already know the game that people be playing, so they could tell you the game because they peeped the game already. Mm-hmm. Very true. Okay. Now, my petty reasons, like one of them would be if when I give you my number and you text me too early, like I really don't like that. And I mean, like. <laughs> How, really? I, I always thought that was cliche. I, I know. Never heard I don't like. It. I'm gonna be mad if you don't like it. Be all on me. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, no. Give me a second. Can I breathe? Because, like, first of all, I'm trying to figure out if I even for real wanted to give you my number. If you about to get blocked like that, that's an instant block. 
I, there is a time that like I gave, so I gave this, <laughs> I gave this guy my number after this club, after the club. We haven't even left the club yet. I hadn't even left from the bar. He's okay. So what you doing tonight? Hold on. Oh, All right. Okay. He like what he saw. Okay. No, <laughs> I couldn't even get a good morning. Right. That's like, jeez. Right <laughs> Oh, can I get oh, wow. the beautiful chocolate goddess? I didn't get any of this. <laughs> My man said, you know what it is. Right. <laughs> you, right. you see where we was at? Right. Where's the attic? Right. So then, like, that, that's my biggest thing. I, I don't like that. Don't just give me a 12 hours to marinate, please. <laughs> I know. I got to at least make sure you know how to spell. Something Ooh. right. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. Give me okay. at least 12 hours to marinate. I like that. <laughs> Let me write that yeah, down. No. <laughs> I'm the opposite. If I give you my number, if I give you my number at 11:59, why didn't you text me at 11:58? Oh. Come on, oh, hey. Oh, 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 I'm just not understanding if you gave me your number at 11.59. Yeah, you should have texted me. Yeah, you should have texted me a minute before. I'm telling you. Precisely. Okay. Like, I'm going to need pay. you to act like you're interested. That's what <laughs> so I'm saying. As I'm handing you my phone, the num- your message should be popping up. Hey, how are yes. you? Hello. Yes. No, if that happened, I'm just going to be like, I think that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that he's pushing. Like, he's really pushing. Give me a time. Little, oh, just a little time. Betty, I may have just gave you my number to block it. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Honestly. <laughs> and that may be all we need now. Because you like, how many people are you texting this fast? <laughs> right you're not even asking like man to text me right you ask him to tell if i give him my number <laughs> go, let me give you my number and go ahead and text me mm-hmm. <laughs> and put no, your I'm name like, what put you your do? name in there so i know who you are i sure do oh not the name automatically give me oh, a little time to forget you so i, I that tried that you not to be the name thank but you right because i do I, I do this little thing when i i think i'm being cute and i'm flirting right so, I, this is all right, y'all. Keep this to ourselves. This is a trick of the trade. This is a girl's talk. Girl's talk. So, you know, I'm at the bar, or whatever. They're like, they think they smooth. Oh, what's your name? I tell them my name. We talk for a little bit. Da, da, da. Oh, can I get your number? I'm like, yeah, but what's my name? They be looking, they be looking dumb because they don't have, they mm-hmm. do not remember it. They're like, ah, I'm like, oh, well, guess you didn't want my number that bad. Girl, so use it the next time y'all go to the bars. Oh, mm-hmm. I am, and my name is Hard. Oh, yes, I'm using that, and I'm giving it <laughs> that. I did that. So we be spending like eight minutes talking about just my name. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just right 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 you find out their intentions. Exactly. You find out their intentions from the jump. So, like, you can't even remember my name. How for you to remember? No. So, that is true. Have you ever had they ask you your name? Their name. Because I, I may not remember theirs either. That's exactly. why I have it. <laughs> that's why I'm when saying, I give you no, my phone number. No, that's what, listen, listen. How long are y'all today? This is my first photo ago now. They're like, you're asking for my name. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Because you wanted my interest. I didn't ask for yours. Period. So, come on, mm, come on y'all. Yeah. Like, come you came to me. Please. I didn't come to you. So. Have you ever had I'm, some I'm so infamous. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. 
Well, I was going to ask, have you, have any of you ever had someone approach you and ask you for your number, but as they're going to the actual dial pad, they have someone else's number still up there that they haven't deleted out yet? No. No, that has never happened. No. That's happened a good old part before at a club. Yes. Not been slipping on the yeah, I politely walked away. I was like, oh, it looks like you already found somebody. What if it was his mama? No, his mama's name should be Say Baby. Right. It should be Say. No, that was the whole thing. What if it was his therapist? He depressed. No. He had the wrong building if he had the club. That's why he there. He drinking. He drinking. He trying to get back to social. <laughs> it's the, no, yeah, I'm, I'm in a sorority. Shout out to the amazing Sigma Gamma Rural Sorority Incorporated. Amen. Holy Eve. To all my good sorors. Um, so <laughs> at the Greek parties, they you know, that's every time, that's everywhere. Not to point out any specific fraternities, but <laughs> <laughs> call them out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Omega Sapphire, but you know, they out here <laughs> 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 thinking that it's cute, like it's a game, and that's something with men too. They think it's a game, like, oh, yeah. who's gonna be the who's gonna be the baddest one? Do you see your competition type of stuff? Please, 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 please don't think I'm the one, two, three, or four, because I don't care. I, yes. I will not be the one <laughs> at, at all. all. Let me see. So, the all next right. question that we have here at hand is can you and your exes be friends still no i heard a yes wow. in there yes i heard a yes yes it is a yes yes, <laughs> yes. yes. This is mary jenkins let's go ahead you start though I am still very, very good friends with my with my youngest son's father and you know because okay. we we was like for his sake let us act like we got sense and then as you know, we got older, and you know, now if there's anything that I need, I can call him and he'll come through. And you know, people are like, why now why didn't y'all get married? I said, Oh, because he's a, you know, because he chose to have relations outside our relationship. And once he made that decision, then he doesn't get back in. Right. But we can be cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we he come, you know, because he's from uh Atlanta, he lives in Atlanta, Georgia now. And he comes to Ohio, comes to visit. We all get together and hang out. We do the little family thing, you know, and he'll be like, so is today going to be the day? And I'm like, no, you're not getting that. You had your chance. And plus, and then, you know, and I, I flirt with them and I tell them like, plus, if I gave you some, you know, you might start speaking in tongues. So you ain't ready. Ooh. Okay, Mary. And- <laughs> I'm going to make him want to marry you. So yeah, I believe you can once once you get your right. emotion, once you get over the emotional unstable stuff mm-hmm. and all that Listen. stuff, get that out of the agree. way. You can. I definitely yes. agree with that. I feel like you can That's if you okay. establish a boundary. Like once you get to if you in another relationship with somebody after y'all broke up, you gotta establish that boundary. I feel like y'all could talk because of course why get rid of somebody that you had a good bond with? Of right. course it could, it could depend how you end it, but why get rid of somebody who you had a good bond with because y'all broke up? So I just feel like it's a matter of steps establishing that boundary. If you dating somebody, don't be flirting with your ex. Like, you know, it's still a good right. friendship. It has the potential to be a good friendship. Don't be flirting. Don't be going on dates. Kiki and no, don't talk about no past events. Right. Uh, you know, keep it respectful. 
See, I, can, so I, I can agree with that. Like, I guess it does. I guess it does um, kind of depend on like the reason y'all broke up and stuff like that. So speaking for me, like myself, oh no, baby, I can't be friends with any of my exes <laughs> because it's the character flaws for me. Like you, if you yeah. are, can I curse on it? Yeah, <laughs> you, you are, yeah. If you are a shitty person, like in a relationship, I believe that you carry those character, those traits everywhere. It doesn't just, yes, you, do. you know, start in a relationship. So it's like, I, if you're unloyal to me, I know you're not loyal to your friends. So why would uh-huh. I go and be your friend and you still gonna lie to me? You still gonna be lying to your new girlfriend? You know what I'm saying? It's the character for me. I can't mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> I agree because I if your discern, you got to keep your discernment in, in line at all times. So if this person did something shady to you, it doesn't matter the tier of relationship that you're in. They're still they still have those tendencies. So why, why waste mm-hmm. your time in there? Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't necessarily know about being friends per se. Like, I'm not going to hit you up like, hey, let's go out and do stuff as a group or anything like that. But cordial, most definitely. I'll, hey, how are you? Hey, do you have this homework? Let me copy it real quick. You know, we could do that all day. <laughs> right. We can definitely and keep it at that. Down, that. But I think there was Paige who was saying it like setting that boundary if we're going to be friends we're going to be friends we're not reminiscing we're not going back thinking of what could have been maybe if we fix this i mean yeah it could have been right person wrong time or whatever have you but this is a different time you know so we're different persons as well as that so not Mm -hmm. yeah i guess we could be friends but it's strictly just friends like that's it Mm -hmm. yeah but that's what a friend is like so we're not thinking outside of what a friend is we thinking like of actually being a friend to that person and that person being a friend to us and like to be honest i think a lot of people jump into relationships anyway with the perspective that you shouldn't be your spouse's friend so we get into these relationships and we're not our spouse's friend so Mm -hmm. then when we end the relationship we're no longer our spouse's friend that works because you were never that person's friend you were just that person's spouse but if i go into a relationship and believe that i need to gain that i need this person to be my friend before he's my spouse then obviously if this doesn't work out i know that he was my friend before anything so just because the the romantic part didn't work out didn't mean that the friendship part didn't work out so he still holds me accountable i hold him accountable thinking about the past what we went through in a romantic part we may get to laugh here and there but that doesn't mean that he's not my friend setting boundaries that needs to be set with anybody my friend my mama my husband my boyfriend girlfriend those need to be set with everybody that you come across so when you fail to set boundaries for anybody yeah all your friendships are going to look like they're not they don't have any boundaries but i set boundaries with everybody so that person being my friend yeah we were friends before this this little relationship came we're gonna friends we're gonna be friends when we leave each other because i respect you i want so much more for you i still love you you know i still love you that's okay And you're going to respect everything I have going over here. Why? Because I respect everything I have going over here. So that's just going to Maybe I'm just too childish and emotional to think like that right now. 
<laughs> no, that's fine. But I echo everything Ladrea is saying. Um, mm-hmm. All except for two, and that's just because they don't want to be my friends. But that's fine. And that don't make you not their friend, though. Like you oh, don't want to be you? my friend, but yeah, friend. they they don't want to be yes. my friend. But they don't want to be my friend because they want a similar relationship, and that's just not where I'm at. So yeah, I I don't I don't have any of my exes that I'm not still cordial with or cool with in some type of capacity. And so I echo every single thing that you just said because I enter all of my relationships on a friendship level first so yeah it's easy for me I I could do so and I also can turn it off I don't have to like reminisce I don't care to really live back here (laughs) so I don't know I can do it it don't be us it be them that want to reminisce and relive yes that's Mm -hmm. not what type of time Mm -hmm. we're on or give you that long hug that you didn't ask for when you see you know? yes. Or the, so the hand on the lower back. You gotta back. start setting that boundary. You ask for a hug next time. I'm asking for a dab. I'm gonna tell you. I don't want to dab me. I high five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of that. Mm-mm. What's up, gangster? I'd be quick to say that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Ain't no relation. You are a friend. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I can't be no friend after. Because just like y'all said, it's situational again. But I can't be no friend with somebody who crossed me. Like, that ain't no friend. (laughs) Like, I could be cordial and that's it. Because just because it's like, okay, I did care for you once upon a time. But after something happened or either we grew apart or we just don't think the same, we're not on the same level. There's no need for us to keep talking like we're cordial I, when I see you it's never going to be no bad feelings there's like high in the bye but as far as us like being back to oh what's up wonderful no like mm-hmm. you had that chance to, no I just can't go back to that yeah that's how I, I respect it you had an opportunity when we were in a relationship I'm just I don't remember who said it but they said they started their relationship as a friendship so you had an opportunity to be my friend and yep. you messed that up. my friend, right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you didn't mess it up, but we grew apart and the friendship that we was our foundation was crumbled. So mm-hmm. there's no need for us to be friends. Absolutely. And even, be, <laughs> and even being that friend from the start, you should know my boundaries because I've already told you to, you know, as a friend. So mm-hmm. I don't but Do you think it. sometimes we don't take time to look at ourselves? Because I feel like sometimes we, we like point the finger and we point the finger so much because we grew apart or this crumbled and this crumbled. But do you take like steps back and say like, man, in this relationship, I know I saw that this person was this, but who was I in that relationship? Who is yes. I? Do you identify with, identify with those parts? Because I found that a lot of, a lot of times in a relationship, it's two people, not one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if only all the blame goes to one person, then I commend that person because they didn't have a person to compete with, or I mean, to be in a relationship with. They were doing it by themselves. Yep. They were doing it by themselves. <laughs> so true. I commend those people because if I can fail and do everything wrong by myself, then why the hell do I need anybody else? If oh, I'm in a relationship. So like I, I just challenge everybody in here to not only just dig deep inside yourself and say, 
I take that per I take all the blame off that person. My grandmother told me this one thing growing up. She always said I would come to her and I would complain about a person. She was like my best friend. So I would go to her and I'd be like, Oh, this person did this and this to me and she'd say, You know what? I wouldn't worry about them because when you when you when you pass on, God's not gonna run down a list for you what they did to you. Hmm. And I and I would always be like Oh, she get on my nerves because, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, she didn't agree with what I was saying. She didn't just say, oh, they, they so bad. They so mean. She challenged me to say, what are you going to do when they treat you like that? Are you going to allow them to? Because that's who God's going to judge for it. It ain't going to be them. That is so true. I remember. And so now, as a, like now as I am now, I have to look at my relationships like that. I have to say, okay, I know they was bad, but what it, what 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 can I do different now? Because that was a lesson. And yeah. sometimes you got to really look at that that whole picture. You be like, damn, they had to deal with all of that. So I really just challenge y'all to look into yourselves. So there's two people in a relationship. It's fun that you say that because I remember when I called my youngest son. So. With my youngest son's father, okay, yeah, he chose to have a relationship with this chick. I've been, I've forgiven them. I just want you to know, I've forgiven them. But <laughs> he chose to have a relationship with this chick. And I found out about that relationship two weeks before we were going to get married. Whoa. And it was like, holla, what? Oh and cause she, the, she told me. And I was like, you lying. She was like, no, I ain't. I was like, would you be willing to say it in front of him? And she said, yeah, I said, come jump in my car. Let's go to his job. And when we got to his job, you know, when he saw that we were together, he was like, I don't know why I'm dealing with two crazy women. I was like, okay, she was telling the truth because he didn't deny it. And it was like, but years later, I started paying attention to me and I called him to apologize for my role in creating an environment where he felt cheating was an option. He was like, what'd you say? I said, I want to apologize for what I did because what was going on, my husband had died and I never dealt with my husband's death. So I was really, you know, cautious about anything. So I wasn't really, I wasn't all in to the relationship. And I started, you know, I was like, I wouldn't let him get super close because I, I mean, part of me was afraid that if I did, that he'd die. So I had a whole bunch of emotional stuff going on. And because of that, he wasn't getting the support that he needed in the relationship. And the chicklet came along and was like, I'm here. And he went. And so I couldn't I can blame him for choosing that because I wasn't, I had to own up for what I did and what I failed to do. And he was not ready. He, he, he just wasn't ready for me to apologize. And that just it messed him up because what Ladrea said about us being taking accountability and responsibility for what we've mm -hmm. done in the relationship. Most of the time, we, we don't want to do that because that means Very being true. honest with ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so right. I get that. Right. You took that. me to back like, by that. I, you did. I For a second, I was like, you apologize. But as the more you can continue to explain yourself about it, I see where you're coming from. I can't necessarily say that that would be something I would still apologize for. But mm -hmm. I can see, like, you know, how 
you not necessarily being there could drive him to, especially if he didn't know how to communicate that either. Like, hey, you're not giving me the attention that I need. So I would say at least both parts. So you got this. I used to treat. Have you ever heard the the expression of treating a man like a boy? Yes. My auntie. I used to do that all the time. Like when he would get his paycheck, my because my my check was like three times as much as his. And so when he would get his check, I'd be like, oh, you got your little paycheck? Ooh. You know, right, right. And it just came out because, you know, it, it just was what it was. Everything was in my name, my apartment, my car, my bills. Everything was all just me. Even though he was like, you know, I can get stuff in my name. I was like, no, I got it. I got it. Because I didn't want to rely on him. So I, I truly was creating an environment where he was like, well, hell, why am I even in this relationship? You know, yeah. she, don't, she don't let me pay no bills. She don't let me do nothing. I might as well go ahead with this other woman that at least is respecting me as a person. As a man. Yeah. As a mm-hmm. man. As a man. Yep. Yeah. And that'd no, be my problem. I'd be so quick to say, no, I got to I can do this, but I got to get back in the, I got to get in the mindset of like, let a man be a man. If he's supposed to be holding up the holding the door, he can hold the door. If he's supposed to be taking out the trash, he can take out the trash. You know, if he want to pay for the bill, he can pay for the bill. So I got to get in that mindset of stop being so quick to say, no, I got it. I can put my own gas. No, <laughs> I'm not going to put my own bags. Like, I made you, you know, though. I also believe that's actually a very big trauma response. It might be. <laughs> I'm no, no, it is. Well, it definitely is. It is. Um, it is. I know yeah. for me in particular, like I was raised around all single mothers. So the way that they raised us is, you know, you do it all yourself. You don't wait around for nobody to do it. So when you're in a relationship yes. and you start building a family, it kind of shakes the environment because that person obviously may not have come from a single uh, mother household he may have come from a household where there's two parents present and he's used to doing these certain things so you telling him not to do these things that builds a wedge of love language right there right and just like that I that wasn't my issue but with my family my family had like financial issues so I, same thing I was with a family who you had to do everything by yourself because we can't help you you know, so that's where my grind comes from. Yeah, I got it. Like, even if you're not going to be here and even if you something falls off, I know that I got me. So because mm-hmm. that's how it's always been. I've always had to have me. I, like, I've mm-hmm. literally, literally had nobody else to fall back on. So, yeah. And it's a matter of I don't want them dangling over my head. Like, you remember I did this or I did this. Yeah, for exactly. You, so. No, I, I did it for myself. Right. But the thing is, why? Why will we even have that thought? Because a man comes along and he wants to treat you like the queen you are and wants to be the responsible man and do that and be like, you know, suspicious when Seen as a burden. man comes along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, so I, thought, I personally sometimes see myself as a burden because of that. Well, maybe just because, like I said, my family is different than everybody else's. So for somebody else to try to take on my financial issues when I can't do that, it's like, dang, like not only can I not provide for myself now, somebody else has to come over here and save the day. You know, I, it's basically like a failure feeling. And on top of the fact that just being as a black woman and ourselves, like we can't be seen as failures. We can't be seen as weak. We have to always be successful and not get that credit for it either, which way we're just supposed to be here living life. So 
<laughs> when things don't go right, we don't know how to accept things that we're supposed to, like you're saying, Ms. Mary Jenkins, things that we're supposed to be accepting. We're supposed to accept somebody who wants to help us. Like, why are we turning down help? Mm-hmm. Right. It says superwoman cake, the black superwoman cake syndrome. That's what I call it. <laughs> well, speaking oh, about, even about that specifically, I'm sorry, go ahead, everybody. I don't want to cut anybody off. I, I was going to say, we feel as though we have to save everybody else and nobody is supposed to be there for us. <laughs> nobody is supposed to, you know, supplement you know, what we have to do out in the world as mothers or as we're working or as we're doing our business or as we're pouring into other people's cup, we don't allow other people to pour into our cups, especially in a relationship is really difficult. My dad always said that black women are the backbones of the backbone. Like we're the backbones for the black men and the women and everybody else who wanted to make a change or a statement or a trendsetter. Like people turn to us for medicine, for research, for help, for help in the homes, for help with skincare, fashion, music. Like we yes, they sleep on us so heavy. Tell them yeah. again. Yes, they do. Wake up. Wake up. You need us. I don't know how much more blatant we can say. Black really, though. Blueprint. You need us. We don't need you. Okay. 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 We do. We do a little bit. Y'all ears. <laughs> <laughs> we do a little bit. But, oh, uh-huh. yeah. But no, everybody, just specifically just that one. That will lead us into our next question since we are speaking on the empowerment of Black women. Does anybody in this chat think that they could find themselves dating a white man or a man of a different race i did so I, no no i can say that i i have in the past um i've dated hispanic but today and forward <laughs> i'm all about my black king so that's just where i'm at with mine when i was younger i did dated a white man and because i lived in a city where it was mostly white people and met a guy. We we weren't caught up in in in. It was how we made each other feel in the moment. I ended up having my oldest son was is by him, and that was then. But then later on, um, I had a conversation because somebody asked me why was I still single because I have been a widow for thirty what thirty four years now, and I have been celibate for twenty seven years, I believe. I got 20 something years and the, somebody asked me why. And I was like, I really don't know. I mean, I know I'm picky and even though I know I have high standards, I know this. And a gentleman came to me and he said, I'm going to tell you why you're single. And it was a black man. No, he, he said, didn't. He said, yeah, he, he said, he said, I'm going to tell you why you're single, Miss Barry. And I said, okay. And he said, because no man is going to step up to the plate to be enough of a man for you. Well, come on, Black King. Mm. No, I was Absolutely. I was like, excuse me? And he's like, no. in today's society, a Black, and he said, I'm a Black man, I'm telling you. He said, a Black man would rather have a Caucasian woman that does not, does not make him be, operate at his best potential. Come on now. Be with yes. a Black woman yes. that will hold him accountable. And I was like, so what you trying to say? And he said, I'm going to tell you, for somebody like you, you're going to end up with a white man. And I was like, really? And I said, I'm like, what makes what makes you think? He said, because a white man will go above and beyond and bust his tail to prove that he would be worthy of you. Mm. And you. And he was like, and you'll fall for it. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is how you think? 
And he was, I mean, he said, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you the truth. And I thought about that. I'm like, how many, how many of us as black women have encountered men that are good men? However, maybe they, they don't, don't make it, maybe they don't make enough money. And so they don't think that they're good enough. So they don't continue. You know? Yeah. And for him to even say, like, hey, you'll end up with a white man. Why didn't he say I could be that black man for you? You oh, know, no, I could no, be no. that right. <laughs> Look, because he I was well, no, because yeah. this he was honest and even he said, he was like, Miss Mary, your standards are way too high. I can't I can't even be enough of a man for you. And then I was like, what makes you think my standards are high? And I, I'm like, what, what? I mean, right. Right. I'm like, why is yours too low? Or but why can't you boss up? Exactly. Yeah, it's that simple. Because I was with him thing. until he said that it'd be a white man. Because I agree with the part to where it's like a, a man who's willing to put in that time and but the patience. He was, no, he was saying that the, that the reason I was still single was because there was no black going to step up to a plate as high as I've got it set. Yeah, I disagree. There's definitely black men out here stepping up. And yeah, I know they're out there. And I, there I is. But see, now, I, um, if you listen to this podcast, I art is cool. looking for you, you know. Because I mean, yeah, for me, you know, I'm 53 <laughs> years old. And so when I meet when I meet men that are, you know, 57, 60 years old, you know, I'm looking at them like, what what have you created for you? What's your legacy? And I'm not finding as many as there are, and I'm like, okay. I let let me let me be understanding. Maybe they offer something else to the table. Maybe maybe they're a great listener. Maybe you know, <laughs> maybe they can do something else. It's just I the, there are many men, and I come across a lot of men, a lot. But many they have said, you know, Miss Mary, you something else. Be, but it's because I can take care of myself. Okay. So do you think that Miss Mary? I have a question for you. Yes. So do you think that the men that you come across don't understand the role of being a provider? Like, do they think that being a provider just means monetary? Do You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of men, that they don't understand that when you're a provider, that means you're covering me and I'm covering, you know, the children, you know, if we have children. So that doesn't mean that, okay, you just pay all the bills. That means if I'm spiritually out of alignment, you're helping me get back in line. That means if I'm emotionally out of alignment, you're helping me get there. If I'm physically out of alignment, you are helping me get there. We're a team. So do you see that as being an issue as to why you were single for so long? No, that's actually, you know, the that's healthy thinking. What I'm encountering is men that see me as out of their league. I've had men <laughs> that find out that, you know, they're like, yeah. you're the who? You're the, you're the CEO of a what? When they find out, you know, I'm the CEO of the only cancer organization in the world that does what we do, they automatically put me on a pedestal and in their minds, they can't even compete. And I'm like, who told you that? You only right. know. So they have this right. self-defeating mentality that they think that if a woman, if a if an African-American female, Black woman is successful, they if they don't see themselves strong in their own right, they're going to be intimidated by her, which is unfortunate. And I know, I will say, I know this to be true. My, pa- my pastor sat me down 
And he was like, daughter, I want to talk to you about whatever man, you know, you're meeting a whole lot more men. You're traveling all across the country. Let me help you to understand. And I was like, okay, let me get my notepad out, take notes. And he said, he's going to come one of two ways. And I was like, okay. And he said, he's either going to already be successful in his own right in the public eye. So that way my being successful and in the public eye won't phase him. And I was like, that makes sense. And then he said, and the other way is that he's going to be so secure in who he is as a man that when he sees you on stage, it'll make him love you all the more. And I, and he said, anything else is not going to (laughs) happen. And I was like, dang, okay, God, this is what I got to wait for. So it's the way over or are you waiting? I mean, I'm because I have I've only met one man that I truly believe could have been that person. But that person also got all these chicklets wanting to be with me. So why should I choose one to build with when I got all these chicklets that, you know, they all worship pretty much worshiping him, Mm. which that that's a whole nother conversation because i'm like okay i understand you a single man you got it going on you got a whole lot that you bring to the table but you got these 15 different women thinking thinking that they all gonna be your wife and you okay with that because you're you're allowing them to interpret your kindness as that you want to marry them which is crazy Mm -hmm. that's playing game and nobody has time to do that and I don't have time to do that. And so when I realized that that's what brother man was doing, I was like, oh no, we, we will not. I will not be one of your little harem girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on, nonsense. That <laughs> no, at all. Okay, so I have a lighter question to ask. Get some laughs in, hopefully. I know my response will be getting some laughs in. Hopefully, y'all kick me off the podcast. But um, (laughs) what is something that you don't like that would get your black card revoked? Ooh, soul food for me, y'all. I don't like dressing. That ain't no soul food. (laughs) That is soul food. food. Dressing, Mm -hmm. cranberry. No, I don't like that. I don't like chitlins. No, you should never like chitlins. And it's a lot of black movies that I haven't seen. Me too. Me like too. coming to America. No, I've never seen what? 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 Wait a minute. <laughs> I know y'all never seen coming to America. I've never yeah. seen it. Oh my. So okay, my black card is taken or what? Yeah, Mimi. America <laughs> or what? Yours is you burnt. You don't even. Mine is burnt. Yes, Dang. ma'am. I'm, we need you to America? post a picture. You gonna have to post yeah, a picture on the it. on the media BDGI Instagram and have people <laughs> vote on that one. Coming to America, I don't. Put, yeah, we gonna have to, to do you like Facebook and verify you. We need an ID card, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Birth certificate. Like, I'm gonna have right. to do ancestry.com at this right. point, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Gonna have to do you like president. So my only two, well, three. I don't know, y'all. This is art, so please just don't keep me out of pocket. So my first (laughs) one is Kool-Aid. I've never been a fan of Kool-Aid. I do not like cornbread, whether if it's butter, sweet, no matter how y'all try to make it. Some of the aunties, grandmas, mother, I don't like cornbread. And I do not, I absolutely cannot stand 
Jordans. I don't like the shoes. I don't like J's at all. But that's my personal thing. That's it. Thank you. I oh, the wow. last one. <laughs> it's for the fact that Black people will always, always spend their last dime. I bought some stocks. I bought some stocks in Nike because I said, you know what? I'm just going to reinvest in the community with the money y'all gave these motherfuckers. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Let's give back to the white man. Yeah, come on, right. now. Yes. <laughs> Thank Ain't you. nobody going to do what I got to. And at least on this part, right? you collecting your dividends. <laughs> exactly. And it was so funny when I bought me some Nikes the other day and my brother was like, why are you even buying those? I said, well, look at it. I'm invest- I'm investing in my investment. How about that? Come on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know that's right. I was in Philadelphia this past weekend and I was rented a car with Hertz and started having some issues. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not just a gold member, but I own stock Hmm. and everything changed. And they're like, oh, we saw Miss Jenkins. Yes. 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 That's Mm -hmm. usually you're taking care of. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." yeah, (laughs) everything changed. They they put pip in the steps. Let me see. What what, what would get my black car? I don't know how to put space. I, that exactly. I don't Wait, know how to that? Spades. Um, spades. Hmm, not spades. Yeah, it's definitely ah. the spades. It's a lot of black yeah, people no comfortable spades. with saying they don't know how to play. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to play. <laughs> like, where were y'all no. doing that? Like, this means I still got my black tongue. It's not but I know how to play spades too. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you keep telling kids stay in kids' place because we thought that spades was a adults game. And we ain't to learn. What? I learned some things. Go to the table. I definitely didn't think that was an adult game. Now look, auntie, you don't have a partner. Me either. I didn't think it was an adult game. We definitely played that. (laughs) I just wasn't interested in spades when I was growing up. I was interested in other things. But now, like, I'm an adult. And you go to these kickbacks. And they're like, yeah, we want to play spades. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> y'all about to play spades? Yeah, y'all. Let's nah, see. I don't like sweet potato pie jams. Oh, um, I, I don't care who cook them. Don't stuff. matter if Auntie got the best recipe. I'm not eating them. Um, <laughs> what else? Everybody, I've Auntie got the best seen, recipe. I've mm-hmm. never seen poetic justice. Um, oh my god! Y'all be wild. These movies. I've never seen color purple to the full extent. <laughs> what? Oh, what? Uh, now, okay, then. I, I can Maybe be saying that what I said. If you did not see color purple, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> I've seen like bits and pieces, but not to the full extent. What? what? That How was that I mean, for Black History Month, that come on every day. Man, I probably feel asleep. I don't know. I couldn't get into it. I don't know. I don't know where I was at. Oh, don't say, don't say you can't get into it because that's really gonna get your black card out there. Don't <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you can't, can't get that at all. <laughs> I ain't say that. Y'all just kept falling asleep. Oh, I like, I'm talking shit, but I never watched. I never rewatched or watched Roots in the full capacity. I never, oh, I never watched it at all. Me either. Oh my goodness. It's Roots one time. That's it. And so I need to see it one time. It's Roots the one Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It was like three hours yeah. long. I said, oh. Yeah. oh, that's good. That's a good movie. This be my thing. Like, I'm not about to just keep reliving these slavery movies. Me. Yeah. I'm trying. That's it. Me. Yeah. Well, my black child. 
Because <laughs> it's like enough is enough. I can say I've never seen and I don't care to see Wakanda. So y'all can take it. Wakanda was a really good movie. It was a good movie. I didn't, I didn't like the fact the that everybody was you know, there forever. Everybody went, you know, they, it was like everybody was going like super pro black on it. And yeah. but, but the movie itself was really do. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm all the way far from all like that. But the movie was really good. And people were like, well, kind of forever. And I was like, mm-mm, no. <laughs> so, I don't know. Y'all, that movie was so raw because, first of all, it's the women empowerment for me. It was. Yeah. <laughs> you Sherry was a whole scientist. Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. What upset me about it originally was that I thought it was going to be a revelational movie, the way that everybody was promoting it, you know, going to the movies dressed up in African gear and all of that. And then you find out it's a Marvel movie. I said, what? This man in a cat suit. This is what you've been talking about this last year. But no, it's an amazing movie. It definitely is very monumental. Hold on now. Wait a minute. Hey, hey, don't. <laughs> right. But no, it really was monumental. But it's like, come on, guys. Like, that's not what I thought we was all dressing up for and shutting down movie theaters. <laughs> right. But no, y'all got to think about it. People like, okay, well, I guess I could speak for me because I'm me. I'm going to speak for me. I watched Marvel. <laughs> I watched the, like, what you call it, like, uh, marathon or like, I watched every movie basically. Right. I watched every movie in the movie theater set from the previews, the second ending type shit. Like, I was, a, I'm a Marvel fan. DC fans. So, like, when it came to them finally showcasing a Black superhero, that was epic as fuck. Like, damn, we finally get some shit and he dope as hell. It's a woman scientist and I'm definitely computer science. I'm like, damn, this is dope as fuck. Like, it really just, it was just a small, small win for some Black people who follow the Marvel. That's it. I have to say, even... Yeah, I get that. It was like the whole cast being black, most of the class being black for me. Like in my house, that's how we bond. We watch Marvel movies. And to see people that look like us was lit. I was just here for that. Right. It could have been like and, not, and it's not just like a um, cinematic portrayal of us, what they want us to look like. It was like us ball-headed us, long-haired us, big-lipped us, yeah. dark us, light us, you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. all representations. Beautiful. So, no, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, after, of course, I did understand where the representation was from, but, like, at first, with it being Black Panther, I definitely thought Revel- revelational movie, something like that, where it was different. But, no, I did see the point in that movie, most definitely. Well, one of mine, I don't like putting hot sauce on everything. I don't really even like hot sauce. I'm glad yeah. we moved away. From I that. think ketchup is more of a black thing. Yeah. Or I put ketchup Maybe on it's everything. because I'm from Chicago, but I use mild sauce on everything. Who mild sauce is good. What but I'm mild from Chicago. Sauce? Not mild sauce right. from Taco Bell? No, the mild sauce. Mild sauce. No, mild sauce. I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth sauce from sharks. Yes, I gotta try that. Mouth sauce from sharks. JJ's fish, sharks, JJ's fish, Harold, Uncle Remus. 
Uncle Remus got some no, good man sauce. Yeah, I love Uncle Remus. I'm definitely in the South. Crystal is really good. Yes, I'm in the South. I ain't never heard of anything y'all are saying right now. <laughs> I'm gonna take she a trip trying to think what now sauce y'all got so in Texas. Y'all yeah, know what Louisiana hot sauce is. That's what we're right. yeah. <laughs> okay, no, that hot sauce is good. I'll be making that shit on my range. I think like once you live in Chicago and somebody say Louisiana hot sauce, it feels like this is like the the basic hot sauce <laughs> when you've been mm-hmm. to like See, I don't use chicken, where they make the hot know. sauce and the mild sauce from scratch. You you your taste buds just have a whole Another standard like of, of taste. <laughs> yes, I don't, like I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I like oh, that. Right. Yeah, definitely put us on in the south because yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> it's it's a hot sauce, like for real, spicy hot. What hot sauce? Some, the mouth. Uncle Harold mouth by. Are you talking about? No, Harold's is about- actually a restaurant. Oh, okay, okay. That's based out of Chicago, but they're they're going all over the place now. Mm-hmm. Okay, just let me. See. I think what's crazy is that like it's only certain restaurants that have the good stuff. So once they start expanding, the sauce ain't gonna taste the same. You have to go to right. Chicago literally to taste the sauce and the chicken. Yeah, that's true. I don't like how all these companies be trying to bottle up their sauce and like mass produce it. It's it's it doesn't taste the same. It like, does um, not. Like you know how I love Chick-fil-A. So I love their, um I like their spicy sauce and their mild sauce. But the one in that bottle, oh, they could have kept that. They <laughs> <laughs> were Buffalo Wild Wings. They sauces are disgusting too. And then bottles. not that spicy garlic. That yes. spicy garlic made me want to slap my mama. Uh-oh. Chicken yeah. sauces are still good in the, in the bottle. Let your mama live in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got to catch it. <laughs> Damn. Take it to your sergeant. Somebody. Um, man, I might have to. Everybody can catch it for real over that sauce. <laughs> mm. There is a sauce called Slap. Wait, is it Slap Your Mama or something like yes, that? Yes, it is. It's a, a seasoning. seasoning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I said sauce. Damn. Is yeah. that that card revoked? <laughs> <laughs> no, <you're gonna> <laughs> all, right. all right everyone on to our next question ladies have you ever been curved while trying to shoot your shots mm-hmm. i've never tried to shoot my shot that's it yeah, I, I, I have feel like i do you can tell what what happened sis? <laughs> it was a bad day like it was a really Topic. bad day for me <laughs> <laughs> oh, the crazy thinking about it, but no, but so that was the and then the worst part. I'm not. I'm gonna keep it so raw, child. The worst part. He wasn't even that good looking. That I think about it, like it was Damn. personality. Oh, that's Double homicide. <laughs> I'm telling you, he just died on the spot. Like, mm-mm. okay, mm-hmm. I said I'll never do that again. I was at work, and it was this dude that I work with. He worked at Starbucks and he used to make them frappuccinos so fast. I was like, oh, I like him. And, oh. so, <laughs> and so one time I approached him, I kept telling my coworkers, I'm like, yeah, y'all, I want to talk to him. Like, oh my God, I want to talk to him so bad, right? And so I thought he was giving me signals, but maybe I was wrong. I guess I was misinterpreting those signals. Girl, he was giving you warnings. Warnings. Right. <laughs> like, oh, this ain't the one you want. So I went and approached him. It was nobody else around. And I was basically said something like, 
hey, what's up? Like, what's what's good? Like, you can give me your number. Some corny Ooh. stuff, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So it was like, <laughs> so aggressive. <laughs> Very direct. Hell yeah. I don't got time to waste. At all. Oh, sure At all. I'm on the clock. Like, I'm on the clock. I told her I was going to the bathroom. <laughs> time is money. Right. So, so I said, I said what I said. And he said something like, Yeah, I'll give you my number, but I don't know if you know we want text. I said, What? Why would you even give me your number then? Like, please. Girl, I walked off. I said, uh-uh, this ain't it. Never give me it. Don't do it again. <laughs> it's the fact that you said he wasn't even really that attractive to you. So yeah. I was mad at myself. I know you was not, not like you first know. of all, I done built up the curse to walk over here and this how you play. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, talk about talking to a stallion or something, you know what That's I'm saying? Exactly. Oh, oh, you walked yeah. at me. Yes. Yes, ma'am. He that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was, sis. Don't even don't even trip about that. He wasn't ready. You didn't life. handle him how they do us. You know, you get, they get told no, and then immediately they want to tell us how unattractive Ooh, uh, we are, how right. like, oh, no. and everything. Exactly. Else, so. But just five minutes ago, I was hot stuff. I was right. crying. All that. Hit you with a black oh, Barbie. Doing, I was doing you a favor. Ooh, how are you doing? Ooh. Beautiful mm-hmm. and everything. Else. It goes from beautiful to bitch. Like damn, right? Yes. It showed. Dude. I'm a beautiful bitch. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Hey, you can be so sweet about it. No, I'm okay. Thank you. It's all right. <laughs> Yo, all right, girl. Yes. F you. You can go suck my ass. Wow. Wow. Really? Really, Tyrone. That's how we coming this morning. Right. Yes. All right. Eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got all that energy that early. I don't understand. That's the reason I don't shoot my shot. I, I don't do rejection good. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to fight? I just keep like, going. Like, you should join the white people talk Starbucks. to me. <laughs> you mm-hmm. gonna give me your number. <laughs> See, what no. I do is I be, like, scoping the room. Like, okay, who's feeling me? So I know that they, they it's going to be mutual. And then I go mm-hmm. through and I'm like, okay, it's a no for me, sir. It's a no for me. You know, you a maybe. Let me, let me, let me fill you out for the rest of the night. Then I might slide you my number. <laughs> but I always observe everything in the room first. I agree with that. I don't know. I've only did it twice. I approached twice. One, I ordered a drink, and then another one, I just simply flat out approached. And I don't know. I didn't get turned down. Okay. So I'm still out here shooting my shots from the free throw line. So I shoot my shot from my eyes <laughs> with like non-verbals. Like I'll be splurring with my eyes and stuff like that. That count, don't it? Dang. Yes. I yes. play with my eyes. If you yeah. see me staring you up and down, licking my lips, you know what time oh, it is. Oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Not with the lips licking. Man. You mm-hmm. know what time it is. You know what time it is, bro. Don't even play like you won't know. Right, <laughs> y'all want a bear man rub with that? That's true. Yes, I got this. Jada and yep. Tiffany, right? Yes, Tiffany Haddish and Queen Latifah. Yes, that stare down that she gave my man's. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> they come hither. Well, all right, y'all. Let's go into our our next <laughs> our next question for the evening. 
do you believe sex before marriage is necessary to help determine if the relationship will work in that department? Or do you believe that sex can improve over time? Thoughts? It can improve over Paige, time. you go ahead. You start off. For sure. You know I got that one. <laughs> I feel like it can improve over time. Mm, wait, I need a question again. Let me let me let me think about this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> good. So it's definitely just that going back to biblical understanding, like no sex before marriage. You know, you're supposed to fall in love with the person's mind, body, and soul. Well, well not body, but mind and soul, and then get their body afterwards. So I personally always think it's a thing over time, and that's why like relationships are supposed to work. You're supposed to get to know people better, you know, mm-hmm. know what turns them on, turns them off, does it for them, takes it to that big O and all the extra stuff. So mm-hmm. definitely over time, because how, how are you supposed to be the best sex I've ever had? And we only had sex one time. Yeah. Yep. Like that is very you know, true. You doing things, you doing things that you think are what you think are everybody else is supposed to like. You don't know me, you don't know yep. my personal body. What might work for her doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have any relations at all, because I actually so I had I had the opportunity to counsel a young couple that they both were virgins. And they were like, you know, should we try to have sex so we'll know what we like? And I'm like, why would you want to try and have sex with somebody that you're not in covenant relationship with? When you can wait and then and only know each other. So now you don't have to worry about a possibility of a baby mama, a baby right. daddy, a, 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 a disease or whatever. There's so much that you don't have to worry about. And so she no. was like, well, what but what if he doesn't satisfy me? How will you know he ain't satisfy exactly. you if you don't know anything other than that? Exactly. That's, that's exactly. True. That <laughs> I think uh, maybe she was wondering about the size. Right. <laughs> that's. I mean, but then but that's she really know if she's oh, a virgin. Oh. If she's a virgin, she don't know. She don't know like, about exactly. Size. That's all. Oh, yeah, yeah, media media stuff. Like, you don't know what she none of that she means. She's not stupid. Know, yes. Right. Oh, and yeah, the thing, the beautiful thing was they both, they both were, they both were virgins. So he didn't know nothing. She, she know ain't know nothing. They only know each other. And I was like, man, they haven't Girl, experienced anything that didn't mean she... that they didn't know it, right? They haven't experienced it, but that don't mean that they didn't know. They know of yeah. it, but they haven't right. experienced They don't really know what it feels. They don't have the they don't have the real life feeling. But and I told right, myself, it's still the outside said, world perspective. Y'all like, get to oh, talk you don't want to be with somebody other. small. But you don't mm-hmm. know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But well, it's like if 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 your first time curls your toes, that's all you worrying about your toes getting curled. But this think is about the thing it. too. Like when you're having sex with someone, that's a spiritual exchange. So I feel like if you know the person, it doesn't really matter. Like you know what I'm saying. If if they had sex with somebody else and they're like, oh, you know, his sex was trash. That spiritual exchange ain't gonna be the same. So if you really love that person, it's going to, at some point, it's going to manifest into the best thing that ever happened to you. Just in my experience, my guy was the virgin. And so I was all that he knew. So he didn't know much. And over time, like he learned my body, I learned his body. And now you can't get us off of each other. (laughs) (laughs) Man, come on, hey. I said over time. Yeah, that's true. I th- um, I, I said before. 
Yeah, I got before marriage. Yeah, Barry I just Jenkins, say before marriage. Um, I'm sorry. Did I cut somebody off my bed? Uh, I was just honestly agreeing with just Miss Mary Jenkins. It hurts like time, no matter what, it's still your first time. Like trying to end up both on with it. That's all that you know. All you know is fixing yourself and finding out what works for you. That's exactly yes. what they do. Because I mean, and when I when I see them, I can tell they loving each other. They just they just loving. Because she she'll walk past them and you know give them a little touch. And I'm like, oh Lord, y'all about to get busy, aren't you? Start laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, because because I know they don't know. All they know is all they know is loving each other. And there's so much that they don't have to experience because of that. You know, he he'll never have to worry about is he big enough or is he satisfying her because she only knows him. Okay, I understand that. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. That's good. I'm going to say both. I'm going to go with like a, a little bit of both because me personally, I'm a demisexual. So what that means is I get, I, I like emotion. Like I like for there to be a lot of emotions. If we're not emotionally connected, then I won't get, you know, to the point where I want to do anything with you. And that could be, but I, I do want to test drive it now. I'm not saying I don't want to test drive it. But if after we have that exchange, you're not feeding my mind still, then not, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. The fuse slowly goes out. Yeah. I feel that. I need to be aroused mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and sexually for it to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's the best. You just want to make certain that it's in an order. Because once you, once you actually have that physical contact, you know, what's, you know, people, they say, oh, well, we're waiting, you know, we're practicing abstinence, but they're holding hands. And then after a while, hands isn't enough. But then they hugging. And then the next thing you know, they kissing. And then the next thing you know, they just like, we going, we going for broke, we going for it all. And it satisfies the feeling of the flesh, but that's it. So all they basically out there doing is screwing. And there's no purpose, there's no destiny, there's no promise, there's none of those things. And that's what messes people up emotionally because they're opening the most intimate part of who they are and allowing this person to enter in physically to a space that's supposed to be so much more because real intimacy, real love making don't occur in the bed. It does not. Mm-hmm. Come on, Mary. I agree. Come on, Miss Mary. Yeah, it's a mental thing because I mean, a, a, a man that can that can stimulate your mind can yes. can make you feel something. You'd be like, ooh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 They start doing the thing where they just hold your hands in certain moments, yeah. looking at yeah. your eyes. Ooh, y'all, yeah, I'm about to get off this podcast. I, want, I, want I ain't never ever happen to have that happen to me before. I feel like, right? To the point where. Like to the point where I want somebody that knows me to the point where it's like, you know, if we have a conversation over the phone and I'm upset, you know that I'm upset. So you're going to come and you're going to make me feel better. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of intimacy. I want that. Yeah. I want to see what that be like. And then also just for the conversations alone, I, if 
we have such a good in-depth conversation. I'll sit and just replay the whole conversation again in my head and just think of you and be smiling. So for me, it's it's definitely the conversation, the intellect. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it, so, you know, you, you decide to have relations with the man. Okay. It's all good and everything. So now you're blinded by the fact you want your toes curled like that so you put up with stuff that you normally wouldn't put up with because you're horny and then you end up married and say heaven forbid you marry him because of the sex and so now you married and then say something happens to him where he can't perform at all mm. now, now you got a headache and you can't get right yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you were you were leading the relationship with whether or not I was going, you know, whether or not I was going to come or not, not I mean, that just is what it is. And that's not, you know, it's like, okay, because, rea- you know, reality, you can be in love with somebody and they can't perform at all, but the, they have such a way to, there's a whole different level of stimulation that they're able to create beyond the physical. Yes. And it's, I mean, it's like. I mean, that's what, and back in the day, at least back in when I was younger, while, why they used to have the phone sex operate because folks was, they, folks was talking sex. They were talking it. They weren't even actually doing it, but the thought, the, the thought of it was enough stimulation that they were able to, you know, climax just based off words. So what if, you know, all we know is each other. We don't know nobody else, but each other. And you talking that talk and you causing my hair to split, my cur- my toes to curl and everything. Yes, ma'am. You know, they, whew, can I go back in time? And I'm like, like for me, because I've, I've actually said this. I'm like, man, I haven't been with anybody in, you know, 25 years, 25, 27. I don't even remember. So when that time happens, it's like going to be all new again. And for me, I'm in my 50s. And I mean, I, I trust and believe I did not forget. And trust and believe everything works. I may not have no breasts today, but that's okay. I don't need no breasts. I Trust me, everything else do wonders. And when I get married, better watch out. Because I got years of ain't had none. To mm, yes, up. ma'am. You better let them know. <laughs> <laughs> that's built up pension. <laughs> okay. And that's real. And I'm like, I love the Lord with all that I am. I'm definitely not going to have relations before I'm married, but trust and believe that once we have crossed that, uh, mm, that we reception, what you mean? Give them all a piece of a little Debbie cake and send them all home because okay. we got business. <laughs> no I reception. Need, I don't need no first dance. I don't need none of that. My daddy you don't did. Need any gifts? Like, look, none I, of that. Look, I, we good. I oh, I got my own house. I look my stuff paid for. We got to worry about none of that. I want you, daddy. <laughs> oh yes, all right we're gonna go ahead and go into our final question of the day do you think men go through hormonal changes (laughs) hormonal changes a few days a month just like women men this is for y'all men listen clearly (laughs) (laughs) but yes i don't don't even i don't even know if it's they're going through something if they're just lacking something mentally like i just Mm -hmm. generally don't understand it I don't think that I've encountered one man that I can look at 
and just be like, wow. Like, you know, like just wow. Like, wow. For yes, real. Facts. Facts. <laughs> hey. Word. <laughs> Word. And I, I know that doesn't make any sense, but that's just how I describe mm-hmm. it. Like, especially my boyfriend. Like, I just look at him some days. God knows I, I care for him so very, very, very deeply. But there's, I just know the Lord put him here to test me. I know it is. I know this is what it is. This is my punishment for all of it. Because there's no, sometimes it's really him. And then he'll ask me, why am I acting different? Why am I being weird? You why you being weird to me? <laughs> you came in here with an attitude. I don't have an attitude. I just didn't want to talk to you. That You don't think that's a, you don't think that's an attitude? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, excuse, excuse me, sir. Don't talk to me like that. Oh my gosh. I'll leave you alone. That's perfectly fine. I'll go in, I'll go sit out in the, in the living room. Go play your game. Do what you got to do. Calm down. And when we're done, we'll come back. You know, that we can sort things out. So I most definitely believe that. Yes. I say yes, but I don't have anything to back it. I just want to say yes to Mrs. Art. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> that's good enough for me. But they do. And it actually is scientifically backed because the, how our hormones change, their hormones change as well. And their testosterone levels get high. And when they're at their peak, that's when they have those, either what you want to call mood swings or whatever you want to call them. But they do have hormonal changes just like we do. It might not be for seven days or however long it is for women because we're different. What's the saying? Miss Miss Mary acting a plum fool. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, and I, and I think back to way back when, when be, before I before I entered my relationship with the Lord and everything, my youngest son's father and I, we were like rabbits. I mean, we just were. And if you if 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 he ever if he listens to this, and I'm gonna encourage him to listen to it. Jay, I'm talking about you um, because he and I, we were rabbits. Oh, we was trying to get it in, you know, five and six times a day. We oh, just rabbits. Okay. We just no we just was. You know, and it's, you know, because, you know, you know, later on, I was like, oh, it was because of his hormones, because honestly, for a man, so it's like, here we go, prostate cancer. Here's the question. Do any of you know what is the function of the prostate? No. Okay. No. I said that I do. Okay. The function of the prostate, the whole reason men have prostates is to regulate their semen flow. If they're not having relations to where they're, you know, ejaculating, having a disbursement of that, that means that their prostate is not working at its fullest capacity. And what happens if you don't use it? You lose it. It's a a cliche, but the reality of it is if that prostate is not working, is not being allowed to work, it causes health challenges for a man. So men need to be having relations, you know, anywhere from three to five times a week. Yes, I said it. Yeah, because it's going to be some wives that's going to be trying to talk to you, Miss Mary. Some wives that's going to talk to you. I'm taking notes right now, Miss Mary. Because, I mean, that's the reality. But at the same time, it don't start in the bedroom. You know, it starts It starts having the conversations. It starts the walks in the parks. It starts the unexpected gifts. Learn her love language. If her love Mm -hmm. language is quality time, spend the time. And if your love language, if his love language is physical touch, spend the quality time and see how much physical touch you're going to get. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like it goes, it's it goes both ways. It has to be a two per a two for thing. Right. I agree. Definitely. It won't work. It will not work. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you I mean, buy a toy if they want to, but you know, it's still not gonna be as good as the real thing. It's just not. And yeah. you ain't speaking nothing but facts now. <laughs> and, and I'm the preacher. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm taking notes. You said three to five times. You a said day. Okay, three. You said a day or a week. I'm trying three to, to five, three to five times a week. A week, a week, a week. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. No, we can knock that out. Jay and I were young. <laughs> Jay and I were young. We were, you know, because he. I was. I you know. I was. I met him when I was uh, 20, and he had just turned 19, and so we was getting it in. Like first thing in the morning before he, because he was in the military. So before he went to PT training, then when he came back from PT, then he came home for lunch. Then he came home for dinner. Then before the kids went to bed, then when the kids went to bed, I mean, and then in the middle of the night, sometimes you just wake up and you stay asleep. I got, (laughs) we were rabbits. We just were. And people used to wonder how come we didn't have so many kids. And I was like, Ooh, because as much as we were having relations, we should have. We should have had a whole bunch of kids, but we didn't. We just had the one. And that's yeah. the one that, you know, today, I can say today, God used to save my life because he elbowed me in the chest. And that's how I found out cancer. Yes, ma'am. We're always very thankful for him and everything else. But all right, guys, and that will be the conclusion of our episode. We want to thank everybody who's came out today and everybody who's listened this far into the Bad Decision, Good Intentions podcast up until our bonus episode. Thank you all so much. We just get a round of applause for all of our guest speakers, all of our extra speakers today, all of the people who've put so much work and dedication into creating this podcast to even have these many shows. We appreciate everybody who's been willing to even be a part of it and put their hands into a great work that we're making. So, again, everybody, just go ahead and let's give us a round of applause to everybody out here. Art, you got anything else you want to add in there? No, I would just, before I give my final thoughts, I would like to just open the stage to anybody. If you wanted to promote your IG page, provide any of your tags, your business information, I'll allow the women to speak before I go ahead and close out. I mean, if y'all want to follow me, Marnell, it's at <laughs> M-A-R-N-E-L-1 underscore 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 two underscore. So go ahead and bring my follow count up. I follow back sometimes, maybe possibly. I was just going to say definitely follow us at Boss Vanity, B-O-S-Z-V-A-N-I-T-Y. Shop our fl- uh, Black Friday sale. BOGO 75% off. Yeah, that's about it. I would like to invite everyone to follow the COC. So we did a lot of talking and I'm so, I so enjoyed our conversation, but one of the things I did not share is that with the organization, we are donation funded. And so without the donations of people, we don't get to become who we are supposed to be and provide the services. So we have pages on Facebook as well as on IG and the website is www thecocares.org. On our IG, it's T-H-E-C-O-C Cares. Facebook, it's the C-O-C Cares as well. And so I invite all of you to follow me, friend request me on Facebook so that way we can stay connected and we can have conversations and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to do this again.
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Y'all can follow me at Times 3 OG Pretty Thug. That's X3 OG. You know how to spell Pretty Thug. For sure. <laughs> okay, okay. Come on now. Yes, you know, and my snap is Big Zaddy Page. It's, you know, it's a throwback. I couldn't change it. It got too many memories. I didn't want to get a new one. It is what it is. That's Zaddy, though. Z A B B I. Love it. She couldn't change it, y'all. Leave her alone. It's unisex. Too many, mem- too many memories. <laughs> That's a All unisex right. name. That's unisex. Okay. <laughs> I'm Rashonda Scott. My brand is Pieces of Candidates. If you miss it at the beginning of this interview or panelist, women empowerment panelist situation, it's Pieces <laughs> of Candidates. It's pieces like pieces like Reese's Pieces, K-A-N-D-A-K-E-S. And you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Our website is piecesofcandidates.com. Y'all might want to tap in because everything on the website is 40% off for Black Friday. So I don't I have a website and it's 11 and it's spelled out 11, then the number 11, cleanandpro.com, www.1111cleanandpro.com as well as on the on Instagram, 1111cleanandpro.com. Love it. Love it. Love good it. Show, good show. Y'all, this was a good podcast. I, I enjoyed this one. Okay. Thank you. We enjoyed having you all. <laughs> it was good, y'all. Thank I, you, Paige. It join was the team. really, really I, good. Y'all recruit. Can I join the team? <laughs> yeah, we do. We, we got to get yeah. you <laughs> Tristan, we gotta get you in contact with the host. Yeah, we gotta get you in touch with Tristan. Tristan is man. the man. Man, I'm about to hit his phone like right now. What's his phone? Oh, yeah. Book me. Oh, but before we do go, guys, we do want to tell you, hey, stay tuned for season two. You never know what who what <laughs> next guest you might have. You might just hear some more page. To correct, correct, correct. So last but not least, so I definitely have an upcoming candle business that will be coming early 2022. So I'm very excited to be working on that project with my sisters and myself. So um, definitely that is up and coming. And yeah, as Marnell was just saying, stay tuned for season two. But we do ask that you stick around. You may take a brief moment of intermission, but please stick around for part two. That is coming up next. 